Amen. So, so Palm Sunday, th- this all starts back. To understand Palm Sunday, you got to understand the beginning. Otherwise, it doesn't make any sense. So let's take it back from the way beginning. Genesis 1, when it says, in the beginning, God. Like to understand Palm Sunday, actually to understand any Sunday, you need to understand this. In the beginning, God. So I'm going to say, in the beginning, I'm going to point the there out to you guys. And why don't you guys just to say, God. In the beginning, in the beginning, in the beginning, okay, we need to begin with that. Because otherwise, if not, we're wasting our time. If not, nothing will make sense. So we have to understand that in the beginning, there was nothing but God. And God spoke things into existence. And you know what? In the beginning, God is a lot easier for me as a logical person to understand than in the beginning, nothing. Are you guys following me? Like, in the beginning, there was nothing, and then out of nothing, what comes out of nothing? Right? And so then it would be, it would still be nothing. But if we start off with in the beginning, God, aha, now we got a starting point. Right? And so God created the world. And he created the world, and after he made every single thing, he looked back on it, and he said that it was good. It was what? It was what? It was what? And in the beginning? All right, so in the beginning, there was God. He made everything, and he looked back, and he goes, man, that was good. That was good. On the way to work today, on the way here, I could hear the birds start chirping right before the sun came out. I got in my car and, and I saw the sun coming over the mountains in the east. I saw the clouds. I saw the lake. You guys, God is good. His creation is good. And everything was in harmony. And everything was working together. You guys following me? And then he introduced Adam and Eve. And they got to live in this perfect environment created by God. And you, can you just imagine that environment? One of my dreams is to hold a big cat. Like a tiger, right, or a cheetah or something. That's my dream. And can you imagine just walking around and all these wild animals and your beautiful wife and it's like anything, everything is perfect. But something happened. Sin came in. You guys follow me? Sin came in and as a result of that sin, a disharmony happened. A disconnect happened between the relationship with God and our relationship with him. And it's the same story today where the thing that has separated us from God is sin. So now the Lord, God, had to figure out something because since he's perfect, he could not accept that sin. And now, even in Genesis, we start seeing the story of Jesus. Because Adam and Eve sinned, as we know, they were ashamed. And since they were ashamed, they tried to cover themselves with their sin. They tried it with fig leaves. It was not sufficient. If you don't believe me, go in your backyard naked and cut a fig leaf off. <laughs> Give it a shot. You will see it's not sufficient. So they try to cover themselves. They, listen, 
they try to cover their sin by themselves. Are you guys following me? It was not sufficient. Guys, us taking care of our sin by ourselves is not sufficient. Try to fix your sin, you can't do it. Try to cleanse yourself from your wrongdoings, you cannot do it. So what had to happen? God had to come into the play and he provided them coverings for their sin. And in order for them to get, get these skins from these animals, you guys following me? What had to happen? It's not like he went to like the Wilson Leather and Company, right? He had to go get some leather. He had to go find an animal. That animal was innocent. That animal was not culpable for the sins of Adam and Eve. But yet he had to die. So that animal's blood is shed. And now through that animal dying, those skins now, God provides them to Adam and Eve to cover their sins. So now... God starts foreshadowing what needs to happen in order for us to be forgiven and cleansed and covered of our sins. So on Palm Sunday, Jesus was coming into Jerusalem. The title of today's message is The Price, The Prince of Peace. The message is titled today, The Price, The Prince of Peace. Because we're going to be taking a look at the price of peace and what was it. And as we all know, peace ain't free. Can I hear amen? The price and the prince of peace. So here we are about 2,000 years ago in Jerusalem. And Jesus is coming into that city. Everybody say Jerusalem. Everybody say Jerusalem. Here's the interesting thing, guys. Jerusalem is the city of peace. Everybody say Salom. You've heard Salom, Shalom, Jeru, Salom. It's the city of peace. And within the city of peace is walking in the very prince of peace. For three years, Jesus has been walking around this area doing amazing, amazing miracles. Jesus has risen people from the dead. Jesus has cast out demons. Jesus has healed the blind. Jesus has healed the mute, the deaf. He's casted out demons, and now there's this whole buzz of who Jesus is. And the people of Israel were waiting for their Messiah. They were waiting for this for a, such a long time. Because the people of Jerusalem, the Israelites, were experienced, right, uh, um, slavery, subjugation, and they were tired of it. And now during this time, the Roman government has subjugated the Israelites. They're waiting for the Messiah. Jerusalem at this time has blossomed from about 500,000 people to over like 150,000 people. Because what was going on, this is very key to understand during this time. They were all getting ready for the Passover. 
Good Friday is around the corner where Jesus dies. Easter is a whole week from now when Jesus resurrects. Jerusalem, the city of peace, was getting ready for the Passover. The Passover was established hundreds of years before, and this is another point where God was showing why we needed Jesus. And the Passover is very simple. It was when the people of Israel were in Egypt, and God was going to free them. And the last point was God told Pharaoh through Moses that unless he lets his people go, all of the firstborn were going to die. So now God established a way out for God's people, the Israelites, as they were in Egypt. And here was the way out. He said, you were going to take a lamb, an innocent, spotless, perfect lamb. And they were to take that lamb and they were to basically sacrifice it and they were to eat it. And they were to take the blood of that lamb, the very blood of that lamb, they were to take it and to put it on their door, outside their house, wipe that blood. So at night, when the angel came, any house that did not have that blood of the lamb, the firstborn male in that house would die. Let's fast forward to Jerusalem. Palm Sunday. Jesus is coming in. Passover. For them. It's just a week away. Are you guys following me? Since Passover is a week away, they get there early and they get there ready. And they're getting ready to celebrate the Passover. During this time, here's the crazy thing, guys. During this time, they are looking for perfect lambs. Because they know in a week or so, they're going to sacrifice that lamb. And during this time, as they're looking for that perfect lamb to celebrate the Passover, that's where the story begins. Let's open up our Bibles to Matthew 21. The price, the prince of peace. Matthew 21 says this. As they approached Jerusalem, they being Jesus and the disciples, and came to Bethpage, on the Mount of Olives, Jesus sent two disciples saying to them, go to the village ahead of you. And once you find a donkey tied there with her colt by her, untie them and bring them to me. If anyone says unto you, tell them that the Lord needs them and he will send them right away. This took place to fulfill what was spoken to the prophet. Say to the daughter of Zion, see your king comes to you. Gentle and riding on a donkey, on a colt, the foal of a donkey. The disciples went and did as Jesus had instructed them. They brought the donkey and the colt, placed their cloaks on them and Jesus and sat on them. A very large crowd spread their cloaks on the road while others cut branches from the trees and spread them on the road. The crowds that went ahead of him, those that followed shouted, Hosanna, the son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. When Jesus entered Jerusalem, the whole city was stirred and asked, who is this? The crowds answered, this is Jesus, the prophet, the Nazareth in Galilee. So Jesus comes into Jerusalem, tripled in size. They're getting ready to 
to celebrate the Passover. And as he's coming down the Mount of Olives, this is the mountain, he's coming into Jerusalem, the city of peace. There waiting for him, you guys, is a large, large crowd of people celebrating Jesus' entry. This is why they were celebrating, because they had seen him do the miracles. They saw him walk on water. They saw them heal the dead, and they were ready now to accept Jesus as the king. But here's the problem. They thought he was going to free them from the government subjugation. And they were ready for Jesus to liberate them and to come in the power that they wanted to be set free from. But Jesus had other plans. Jesus has other plans. We're going to go over three easy reasons why we need peace. Everybody say peace. Everybody say peace. Everybody say peace. Jesus came as the prince of peace. And we know nowadays, you guys, more than ever, we need peace. Can I hear amen? The news going on in our world, right, the news going on all in our nation, more than ever, we need peace. And I'll tell you what, if you don't have peace, you don't have much. Would you guys agree? If you don't have peace, you don't have much. And if you don't have the peace of God today, it doesn't matter if you have riches. It doesn't matter if you have abundance. If you don't have the peace of God in your heart, you don't have much. And here Jesus was coming, bringing peace. And we're going to go over three simple reasons why we need peace in our life. So Jesus came in riding on a donkey. He came in riding on a donkey because in those days when a king came into town or left town, if he left or came riding on a horse, it was because it was battle. You guys following me? And if he came in riding on a donkey, it meant he came in peace. So Jesus came on a donkey riding in peace as the prince of peace. The number one reason today, we're going to point out why we need peace. Everybody say because it's powerful. Everybody say powerful. Everybody say powerful. Say powerful. Peace is powerful. Especially the one giving that peace is God. You see, the source of your gift really represents the value of that gift. And since this peace comes from God, it comes from great power. I remember um, I, I met a friend a couple years ago and, and he happened to own some restaurants. And he was helping us out with an event we were doing and, and, and he was helping sponsor it. And, and his name was Simon. And he said, hey, when you go to the restaurants, just order and I will take care of 50% of anything, whatever restaurants you go to. So I tested out his little theory. And his name was Simon. He says, you know what? When they bring you the bill, just tell the waiter, Simon says. I didn't really like Simon says when I was a kid, but I like Simon says now. So I would go, I'd order the food, the bill would come, and I would look at the waiter and I would go, Simon says. He would nod, go back and bring me a different bill. The reason I could do that is because Simon owned the company. It was on behalf of Simon that I was saying Simon says. Here's the deal. What God is giving you is on behalf of God. 
The Bible says that God gives a peace that surpasses all understanding. Wouldn't it be nice to have that peace? He says, my peace I give to you, my peace I leave with you, but not like the world leaves to you. You got to understand the peace that God wants for you is eternal. The peace that God wants for you is everlasting. It's not like this peace that will fade away. It's not like this peace that has no value. It's peace on behalf of God. Next reason we should have peace. The first reason is why? Peace is what? Peace is powerful. Number two, peace is promised. Everybody say promised. Here's the cool thing. Here's the cool thing. Right there when I was reading in Matthew, when it talked about it was fulfilling Jesus coming in on a donkey, here's the deal. 500 years before this, in the book of Zechariah, Zechariah chapter 9, verse 9, pre, uh, it prophesies about the king coming in on a donkey. 500 years before. Here's the deal. Zechariah the one who wrote that, you know what his name means? His name means God remembers. Check this out. 500 years before Jesus came and all the promises he fulfilled, God used a guy by the name of Zechariah. He used a guy whose name means God remembers. God remembers he remembers the promises he has given his children. You know, we go through difficult times. Can I hear amen? We go through hard times. We go through times that make us challenge our faith. We go through challenges with our health. We go through challenging times with our finances. But let me tell you this, people. God remembers. God has not forgotten you. And now he sends his son, Jesus, in to the city of peace, Jerusalem, to give them peace. And here's the deal. God remembers his promises to you. Look, if God would have gone, if God would deny a promise to you, he would have denied the promise of sending his son. Because that's the hardest one. Are you guys with me? So if he's willing, follow me on this, if he's willing to remember that hardest, hardest promise, which was, look, I need to send my son, Jesus Christ, to die for you guys. The pain that God endured, the pain that Jesus endured looking forward to the cross, if he was going to renege on something, he was going to renege on that. But he didn't. There are thousands of promises for us in the Bible. God has promised us so much as his children. And I'm, I just want to encourage you guys here today that God has promised. He won't forget. The Bible says in the book of Numbers that God's not a man that he should lie. He's not like the promises we make. It's not like the promises your friends make that are maybe God's promises are forever. So we know that God's peace is powerful we know that God's peace is promised. Here's the last, mess, the last point today. God's peace is paid. Everybody said paid. Here's the nicest thing. God's peace is paid. I'm going to ask the band to come up. 
And they're going to play a little bit. We're not finished just yet. But as I close up, guys, I want you to understand, God has already paid the price. God has already paid the price for us. Peace comes at a high price. We spent over $5 billion last year in the United States on defense. $5 billion on defense. What does that mean? That means since this government has spent that money to protect us, we can be here in peace. Are you guys following me? There's been missiles launched recently. There was a church bombing today in Cairo. A church bombing today in Cairo. And Palm Sunday, where over 20, 26 people died in a Christian church, over 70 injured. There's chaos going on. And you know what's going on right here? Peace. Peace. Because that peace was paid for. For us, you guys, as believers, God has paid the price of our peace. But sometimes we forget. Can I hear Amen. Right? Sometimes we forget the great value of what God has provided. Sometimes we forget the great value of what God has given us. And as I close up, as the band gets ready to, the, the, the close us up in music, they're going to start playing here in a little bit. I'm going to share this little story as we get ready to worship. There's a story of this gentleman in Bolivia. Tomas Martinez. And Tomas was a homeless guy. And he was on the streets. And he had drug addictions. He had alcohol addictions. He had bad checks that he'd written. And his life had went wrong. And so he was on the streets for many years. And then he saw one day the police officers coming after him. And he, and he saw the police, and, and then immediately he thought, oh, no, I'm in trouble. So he ran away. He ran away, and the police were pursuing him. You know what? But he was elusive, and he couldn't find them. Well, unfortunately for Tomas, the police were there to deliver some news. And that news was this, that Tomas had just inherited $6 million. So he legally had $6 million available to him. But because he ran away, he never got it. Till this day, they're still looking for Tomas Martinez in Bolivia, and they can't find him. Here's what I want to close up with. God has such a rich inheritance for his people. And some of us need to tap into that heavenly bank account that God has given us. Some of us need to understand that, you know what, God wants us to have peace in our lives. He came. His name is the Prince of Peace. And that peace, you guys, is powerful. It can withstand anything in your life. And that peace is promised. It was foretold from the beginning, from the book of Genesis. He's promised to forgive you of your sins. And that peace is paid for. It's already taken care of. We just need to claim it. We just need to own it. And today, before we close up, we're going to sing a worship song. There are some of you guys that need to walk away knowing I need that peace. 
I need that peace because I don't have the peace right now. And the first thing you need to do is you need to accept the Prince of Peace. The first thing you need to do is say, you know what, I need forgiveness of my sins. Just like Adam and Eve, they couldn't cover their sins on their own, I need it. God has provided you the way and all he wants is to give you this free gift. You know, the Gospels translates to good news, the good news. Here's the good news, guys, in all of this. It's very, very simple. If you're listening to me, here is the good news. Jesus loves you. It's that simple. He's got a free gift for you. So if you bow your heads and close your eyes, we're going to close up and give an opportunity to make sure you get a chance to receive that free gift of forgiveness. If that's you here today, that you want to accept God into your heart, you want to accept Christ into your heart, and you want to say, I need that peace, I need to be a new creation, just in the privacy of your heart, to say, dear God, forgive me my sins. Make me new. I want to be your child. I want that peace in my heart. I want that peace in my life. I give my life to you and invite you to my heart. With your heads bowed and your eyes closed, if that's you today and you made that prayer, just slip up your hand right now so we want to pray for you. Slip up your hand. Amen. Who else? Keep it up. Amen. Amen. Keep them up. Keep them up. Amen. Slip up your hand. Slip up all around the room. Amen. Slip up your hand. Amen. Keep them up. Keep them up. Keep them up. Amen. You can put your hand down. I'm going to invite Katharina to come up to close us up in worship. And we're going to do something a little bit different, guys. This song is called Here I Am to Worship. How many of you are here to worship God today? How many of you are here to worship the Lord today? I'm going to ask you to do this. I'm going to ask you to stand up as we close up in worship, in this sweet time of worship. And I'm going to ask you to do something different too. For those of you guys that made that decision today, at the end of the song, there will be our pastoral support team that would love to connect with you guys. Come let them know. But as we close up, this is what I'm going to ask you to do. You see, these people came forward and were shouting Hosanna to the King of Kings. And we've got a chance right here. I want you guys to experience together as one body singing praises to the Lord. And we get the advantage of being up here and hearing your voices and experiencing that. So what we're going to do, we're going to open up this altar. Today's altar call is going to be different. Today's altar call is this. I want you guys to come out of your chairs, come out of your seats, fill this place right here, and together in one accord, as one family, let's fill this place worshiping the Lord. So Katarina's going to start singing, and as God prompts her, I just encourage you, come on out and join us right here and worship with us. Light of the world, you step down into darkness. Open my eyes, let me see Beauty that made this heart adore you Hope of a life spent with Come on forward, come on join us right here at the altar, guys. Let's lift our hands up to the Lord, amen. I see people coming forward. Let's just come worship the Lord, you guys. I invite you to come worship. Let's fill this. We've got plenty of room up here. Let's fill it up with worship us.
voices to the to the king of kings
Amen. You guys can make your way to your seat as we close up here. I'm going to invite Pastor Greg out to, to close us up. We're not done yet. And my encouragement to you guys as Pastor Greg makes his way out, that peace that we're feeling now, can you guys feel the peace of God? Right? The same crowd, you know, was, was there screaming, Hosanna, Hosanna. And you know what? Five days later, we're screaming, crucify him. So my encouragement to us, you guys, let's not let the world take away our peace. Let's fight for that peace. Understand that God's peace is powerful, that God's peace is promised, and that God's peace is paid. May God bless you guys. Thank you. You know, sometimes you feel a little uncomfortable. Sometimes it's a little weird. Sometimes it's a little different. Be okay with that. Because it's in those moments that God shows up. And never, never seek to be comfortable. So as we close up today, we're going to enter into this time of giving. I'm going to share a verse.